So welcome back to The Beats, and I'm very honored today to be gifting you all with Dr. Drobot, who I've known for a couple decades, and he is the founder of Medical Director of Biomed Center in New England, as well as the American Center for Biological Medicine in Scottsdale, Arizona, which in all honesty is the only comprehensive approach to European biological medicine that we have in the United States, and we're very thankful that Dr. Drobot travel down from Canada to bring in the United States and to hold the space for this amazing medicine. And back to his resume though, just a little personal note about him, but he also works with professional athletes, sports organizations, and he really is about maximizing both recovery and performance for all of all of individuals, but he really also specializes with a lot of chronic illness. And I've known Dr. Drobot for years because he's an amazing resource in this industry. He always has an answer because he's always looking for the causes. And he's a leading authority in this field. He deals with chronic and autoimmune disease treatments, as well as detoxification, hormonal imbalances, as well as customized sports medicine nutritional programs. He really loves this medicine, it's truly true. And he really has a vast clinical experience. He treats men, women, children, the youngest to the oldest. He has a passion for learning and a passion for travel that couldn't be more true. And he's always at seminars and always educating himself. And that's why I've always respected Dr. Drobot because he is truly on the leading edge of what medicine and what bioregulation has to offer. And he does not, he's a, a true world leader in this industry and there's no corner of the earth he hasn't been to to find the best fastest way to get a result he's result driven and without further ado dr drobot thank you so much for joining us on the beats today <laughs> happy to be here that was a real coronation that i appreciated that, that <laughs> it's true you are like a little superman in this industry because you well, i'm like an old superman in the industry i think that's because the industry has been around for a long period of time and so when you kind of say, well, what's what else is coming up under this in the industry? You're like, well, there has been so much that we haven't even scratched the surface of with what we currently have that maybe, you know, when people say, oh, what are you doing now? I'm like still trying to figure out what was what you guys considered new was still 20 year old technology. So we're still we're implementing a bunch of stuff. So it's always um, it's always a puzzle. It's always lots of stuff to do. And that's just, I want to delve in today a little bit about how you approach a case, because I know you deal with very complex cases, you deal with athletes, you know, you're involved with the Arizona Cardinals and some other professional teams. What's your approach? If somebody's coming in for wellness or they're coming in with an illness, what's your first level of approach with them? I mean, it still comes to, to conversation and I can say, you know, it's goals. What are somebody's goals? Like if you have stage four, or if you want to live to be 104, like really, what are the goals that are we doing it? Or, and what is, everybody has a different goal, but then we have to kind of compile and say, what are we working with now? So that's data. And medicine is just devoid of that. You know, as far as anything else in the industry, I'd say medicine out of any industry probably doesn't do a great job tracking or planning. It's, it's very reactive as far as what it ends up being. And you usually don't get imaging or diagnostics until something's wrong, unless you're just gonna do a standardized physical, which doesn't really have that much information for longevity. It's kind of a screening tool. So in medicine, we do great jobs of screening, but we don't really do great jobs of planning. And sometimes we manage, right? Mm. It's either screening or management of things. There's not really planning or optimizing. Those words don't really exist. Um, in the fields of medicine. So when somebody comes in, 
usually they've already done some kind of management, good, bad, or indifferent, um, or some kind of screening. But the job of planning and optimization, you know, that takes data and that takes other things besides biochemistry, you know, because if we're going to uh, truly optimize something, then we can't just change your biochemistry or change your diet. Then we have to look at different physics and we got to figure out like where some electrical wires are broken. And you, me and you will speak about the lymphatic system. Like there's a, there's a whole bunch of systems that are inherently in every single person that have to be checked to know like, can we attain optimization or is there something we need to do in one of these systems to actually put us in a position to get to the next position, right? Because everybody's like, I want to be healthy. And uh, we still don't have a measurement for that, right? Like you, you have a, a screening physical, it comes back negative. You're perfectly healthy. <laughs> that's all you got, right. And so you don't just depend on blood tabs, blood labs. That's what you're talking about, the chemistry, right? And we don't even do physicals. Yeah, when we're saying standardized blood tests, which again, in medicine, um, due to cost containment, you know, we're not even really wanting to run a whole bunch of those. Right. So now we're kind of left with symptoms. What do you tell me? What do I prescribe so you don't tell me that anymore? And then that's it. That's your symptom, walk out my door. And then six years later, when it's on the commercial because you were taking it, now there's lawsuits that you can be involved in because you were taking that medicine. I mean, it's a crazy model. It's, a, it's an interesting model that can do a ton of volume. So like, I, I like business model. I think that that volume can do, I think that business model will always be able to do a ton of volume, but it self-perpetuates its own system because nobody gets out of the model. Right. That's a hard thing. Whereas what I do, you know, we either have generic medicine that can see volumes of people or we have specialized medicine that can treat hundreds of people. And unfortunately, it's based on taking medicine away from and I love pharmaceuticals. Still, I still use them, hormones, everything. Um, but it's taking medicine away from the pill and putting it back into the, the scientist or the doctor again. That's that's the hard thing. And now there's a nice in between between the doctor and the pill, which is supposed to be like all these other diagnostics that helps the doctor figure out what pill or maybe when not to give a pill. And we kind of missed, we missed that part of it. So hopefully we come back and we say, anybody that comes in as an entry point, where are you coming in at? What are you coming with? And where do you want to go with it? And then we have to fill in like, blanks and it changes every decade right like there's this is a beautiful evolving system nervous systems change hormone system change musculoskeletal systems change um but we have really no metrics on what to do with that we don't even know how to do it and then we don't pay attention to it because we don't know what to do or how to do it so it becomes <laughs> an afterthought that's where i am in medicine after 20 years right where i'm looking at it saying huh like my iPhone has greatly changed <laughs> since my first one. Right. But the treatment programs that I'm still getting in uh, from people with chronic disease haven't. Haven't changed, right. But yet your practice has changed drastically. Has to. 20 years. Yeah, has to. And people will be like, well, is it because it gets better? And I'm like, kind of. And because people get worse. A little bit of both. A little bit of both. And it's like, well... My practice evolves and of course I get some experience and some of the greatest things that I thought 
Word. And so that's okay. But I certainly am not using something that 20 years ago didn't work and pretending it works now. Like when people will say, well, you have a luxury because you only have to see these people. And I'm like, you could do that too. Like you, you choose models, whatever models you want to choose. I just am allowed to go in and out of a bunch of different models that I don't have to hang my hat and say like, this is the only religion that I believe. It's like, no, 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 I'll go ahead and I'll borrow. Like if I go to Russia, I'll go borrow something from there. Right. And I think that's a good idea. Chinese medicine, I'll borrow something from that because there's all these like in, inherently people are pretty smart. They figured out like this body has not changed that much in thousands of years, right? We right. can pretty much figure out different ways to access a nose and they might do it somewhere differently and they might treat it somewhere differently. But the good thing is it's like, it's still a nose. So if they figured something else out, you bring it back, you put it in your hat, you implement it. And sometimes a lot of medications or sometimes a lot of treatments are geographically sensitive, right? Like we can go over to Europe. We start trumpeting all of our propaganda about gluten and they're like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> they're like, we don't have that aisle. Like, God, what's your problem? And then you forget, oh, you guys didn't do that, <laughs> right? Right. You guys, you guys chose not to do that to your food. Well, we did, so we got stomach problems with it. And they'll be like, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand why you guys would be talking about digestive enzymes and probiotics as much as you are. And right. so it's interesting to go, you know, across in medicine, if we want to call it that, because medicine kind of means like something's wrong, you know, and longevity. Is like, I call it the science of bioregulation. Science of bioregulation. And bioregulation kind of is a long term too, which you're just trying to say like, is your stuff working or not? Like if something's not working, can you fix it? And when you fix it, can it prop other systems up so that they work too? And then collectively as a symphony, can everybody play their instrument decently, not perfectly, decently, that you can make it to a hundred with like very few nicks and scratches. And it's like, that's pretty good. And then shut the orchestra down, go back to dirt. And I think like we did a pretty good job at that. Didn't cost the healthcare system a lot of money. Didn't have a bunch of stuff happen to us that we can't take back. And like we woke up every day kind of happy, right? That's bioregulatory medicine means the least amount of intervention. And if there is something, can you prop up that system? And that system should really work, right? Whatever we have to do. Sometimes you have to support it. Sometimes you have to stimulate it. Sometimes you have to suppress it a little bit, but the system should be able to manage by itself. It should regulate itself. Or if it doesn't, you have to help it. And once it regulates itself, it should just need a little bit of maintenance. And I think, um, you know, the sad thing in 20 years, like the pot, the patient population is getting so much younger. Yes. Like, like right. People, Our average client was 50, 20 years ago. Now they're 16. Right. And the yeah. older patients aren't really patients anymore. They're like hospice management. Yeah. Right. That's, that's that, that has really changed. And I would, challenge anybody to say, well, we're living longer. It's like, but you don't, you don't see this every single day that the actual patient population is getting younger, which means you can live as long as you want to. It doesn't mean you're having a good quality of life as we all know, but you're getting sicker and you're entering into medicine way earlier than you ever having inclination of doing before. And we're medicating kids, lots of them, 
like chronic disease, right? We're medicating them. And so we're kind of, uh, it'll be interesting in the next 20 years, right? Because if you don't pull that back, medicine is going to be bankrupt because we can't possibly do this management game for people 20 years longer than we had to before because it's extremely costly. So I'm always in, I never look at it as doomsday prepping. I'm always interested to see like, how are we gonna figure that out, right? How's, how's it gonna transition? Well, I know so many listeners are so appreciative of your business approach because I think that's so missing in the context of medicine to remember that it is a business approach and it is a funnel approach. And, and it's such a unique, I believe, a unique perspective on medicine. And it's why I always end up doctor, at Dr. Drobot's cell phone answer, asking him questions because I feel like your business model has changed 20 times in the 20 years that I've known you. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and we've changed our model so many times as well. And it's because of exactly what you're saying. And I think that's so key for people to realize that they're changing, they're evolving. And if they don't stay ahead of the game, then they're going to be a part of that model. And that model has a finite point to it. Whereas biological bioregulatory medicine doesn't seem to have a finite point. I've also known you once again for 20 years, yet you look no different than you did 20 years ago. <laughs> I adapt. Yeah. <laughs> That's what ends up. Doing. The hormones too, we know that. But he's- I'm pretty clean. You know, people be like, well, what do you do? It's like, I got a whole clinic of what I do. And then they're right. going to be like, do you have a protocol? And I say, it's individual. Like everybody's protocol ends up being individual. That's hard in medicine because we are so protocol based. Right. People want to know, and you know this from even people saying, what do you guys do at your clinic? And you're like, just treat people. Like, I don't understand. What are you guys, what are you doing at your clinic? It's like, no, well, you have all these crazy things that you do. And I'm like, well, they get used intermittently depending on like who wants to use them. Um, But there'll never be a book written because there's no, and there are people like, why don't you get all this stuff studied? And I'll say, there's nothing to study because I don't have, like, there's no protocol. Like there's, there's no, no identical patients. No, nobody's investing money to, to go ahead and study endless amount of variables. Like that's silly. So I'll be like, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. So I think the sad thing is there's not probably enough people doing it. Yeah. And doctors are tired and patients are demanding and doctors are too tired to meet the patient's demand. And medical school is just an entry point, just like any other industry to try to get you to get something that you're interested in. Um, but I just don't see the evolution. And so I don't know that that's good or bad. It's just probably patients with things that we're doing right now are educating themselves. Yeah. Right. This is the form of education, which again, doctors didn't have to face 20 years ago. Right. I gave you a pill. You didn't push the pill back to me and say, oh, I already looked this up. You took the pill. That was when it was a noble profession. Right, so I see medicine's kind of going like this and people's education is kind of going like that. And then alternative medicine kind of screwed everything up, right? Cause it gets crazy at times. And it's like, when, is, when are we gonna come back to, like I said before, a little bit of science, <clears throat> some data and some decent customer service, which is called your patient. <laughs> when are we gonna find out what the goals are and actually give somebody a little sense of time and say like, I'm willing to meet you, but there's gonna be you know, a variety of steps before we get to the point that, that we wanna jump off at. That is amazing approach. 
really. And that's why you get the success that you do and why people are drawn to you from across the world because you have such a unique approach. So putting you on the spot, what are your favorite, like three things that have happened in regards to client resolving cases? You know, like what are some things that you've seen in your 20 years of experience that you don't think you would have seen in a traditional, what we call traditional and a Western medicine model of suppressive care medicine? I really like autoimmune disease. I kind of find that fun to tangle with. Um, I like, I really do like performance. I think that there's a lot that you can get done and the patients aren't that sick, so you can really push them. And I really like nervous system stuff. Like I think that that electrical system, hormones are kind of boring to me now. I'm not going to say that because that offends a lot of people, but it's, it's complex, but it's, it's not a high priority system where I look at central nervous systems and peripheral nervous systems is I really get interested in that. And as technology gets really fast and it gets faster and we can use different therapies to like change central nervous systems. Cause that used to be a lot of problems in the past, like really hard to deal with people with central nervous system issues because they're so slow to heal. And it's so hard to get into because of blood brain barriers. Like people are talking about Lyme disease and everything. Like, okay, well, you know, we can now do things to correct these nervous systems that probably weren't available. And that, that is due to technology and microchipping. And that's like, we're allowed to be able to do this stuff so we can talk to these organs and access them a little much easier than we used to. We don't implement a whole bunch of it because we implement none in standardized medicine. But probably that nervous system approach and autoimmune disease, that now I like, I like wrestling with that. I mean, that should tell everybody the type of doctor you are and the type of person you are, because those are the two things that most doctors, most clinicians, most people in any industry of medicine would go, oh my God, please don't give me your autoimmune and your nervous system stores because they're hard. So why is that approach easier for you? Because you're looking at the regulation of the body. You're looking at the sympathetic parasympathetic. You've got a whole bunch of tools. I mean, you have to realize there's no, so if I bring up those two things, as far as a pharmaceutical approach, there's nothing besides prednisone, right? And an antidepressant. That's, that's what you're armed with. Nobody, any, and doctors don't want to use those because you can't be on them for a long period. They hate them, right? They yeah. even hate the sound of autoimmune design, disease. It's just like really a biologic to shut the person's immune system down. And when you look at it, they're like, well, that's not a great idea, but that's what we're going to do for a little while. Um, but there's no like, there's no workup on it. Cause you just say your immune system is attacking itself. And then you're like, I don't even believe that crap. Right? Like, right. I don't I mean, believe it's, it's not a logical sentence. I don't think I can believe that, but I'm just going to say it. Right. So I'm going to say it cause I've been told it before and then I can't treat it because it's you against you. So you have to figure it out. And then I'm just going to say it's, it's stressing in your head. It's like, okay, none of that made sense. And when you start like breaking some data down, and talking to the person and looking at things and you find out and it's never the same thing twice sometimes it's an infection sometimes it might be stress sometimes it's a dental like in sometimes it's like hey there's all these things that can make your immune system a little confused you just have to find it and by the time that has you've manifested symptoms like there's other systems that have gone down so you'd have to see the endocrinologist and the gastroenterologist and the neurologist and neither one of those people want to see you. So then you're left with like, that is a truly systemic condition. Right. Which nobody wants to see. Like a concussion 
is a truly systemic condition that nobody wants to see. So, so you see a holistic minded person that's truly looking at the body wholly. Your only chance. And even yeah. I say holistic, you guys look at more holistic. than one, more than one. How about yep. that? People yeah. are like, you're holistic. I'm like, mm, I'm investigative. I don't know. That, like, right. right. I think that's okay. Cause holistic, like I have some of my worst patients are the most holistic, which have like the most supplements and the hardest diet. And I'm like, you're not holistic. You're reductionist. You're ridiculous. Yes. Ridiculous. Not flexible. Yeah. You're not flexible. Your body doesn't understand why you are so afraid of yourself and afraid of that piece of pizza. Like you've created too many stress signals. So some of it is desensitization to the actual environment so that we can learn how to live here, right? That's it. And um, that's a fun thing with those diseases is that those conditions take like the most malleable approaches, which means those patients are fun to work with, miserable on the intake, beautiful <laughs> on the release. And that's okay. And I have a great sense of humor. So you can come in and be as grouchy as you want to. I didn't do it to you. Like the last time I checked, so like I'm here. I'm here to help you. But like I, I understand it. Nothing's great, right? Twenty-five right. bowel movements a day, or not being able to get out of bed. Like there's nothing that sounds attractive to that. But you're not allowed to quit. You know that does that doesn't make any sense. And the body's pretty amazing, which means it can be crappy for a very long extended period of time. So you might as well figure out what you're going to do to get it out there, because. Bodies are amazing and they can keep going for a long period of time, suffering or not. So everybody has that option. And again, when we talk about medicine and different systems, it's like, I'm trying to find the easiest way to treat the biggest system for the most bang for your buck to get us the most relief so that we can go on to something else. Doesn't have to be perfect. So that sounds like an entry point for the lymphatic system right there. Seeing an entry that's point. It. Which again, when we talk about autoimmune disease or one of those, and we have no lymphatic specialists in conventional medicine, we have no lymphologists, we have nothing to do with that. And we're saying this is a pretty global system, much more important um, in volume or much more impressive in volume than a circulatory system. And we've got nobody that even manages this particular system, nobody even that wants to understand that it's a garbage collection system. And if it backs up, garbage goes everywhere. And it actually drains like your central nervous system and everything else that's around. And it's a great delivery system. And we have no treatment for it because there's no pill that can treat it. That's this, right. is, this is a manual system that works very well. Just like there's no pill to take to increase biceps. There's an injection, but you still <laughs> got to do the work. Right. Like, this is not a medicated system. So it's gonna be always looked at as the last system that's never gonna get any kind of respect and probably the most important system in chronic disease. And then you can speak to the fascial system being its own nervous system and intertwined with the lymphatics 100%. Well, if we look and we say 80% of us is that, right? The fascia, the lymph is 80% right. of the body. We're gonna say connective tissue, right? We're gonna say, hey, if okay. that's the, and everybody like in alternative medicine likes to use soil, but they have no, they don't have a hell of an idea what they're talking about. So then it's like, well, that is the soil and cells are seeds. So if you do not go ahead and figure that part out and create a flexible matrix 
of what you're going to do, then I don't think you can treat chronic disease. And I could be wrong. And sometimes people prove me wrong for a period of time. But I'll just say the same thing. I think that was amazing, but let's just wait. Right, because let's just, you don't have a way to assess what happened in that lymphatic system. You don't have a way to see if it's even moving. And maybe your IV antibiotics did something, but I'm gonna tell you it's also done something else. So let's just see, right? Right. Like, I, I don't have a problem that people can do squats until their hamstrings fall off. I'm like, I think that's good. I just wanna see how the hamstring adapts after you keep doing those ballistic movements. Then I'm okay, I don't have any doubt. That, that made the hamstring stronger. It's like, I just want to see what the environment looks like in a month. And sure enough, it's not quite what you thought it was because you didn't take the biggest, easiest, laziest part and you didn't get that moving first before you decided to treat these other specialized things or whatever they're doing. And medicine ends up being more and more simple the more and more you understand physiology. It's just, unfortunately, doctors, we learn physiology in the first year of medical school and we never come back to it. And then we just, it's specialization, which means reduction, reduction, reduction. If I focus on the digestive tract, I don't have to worry about anything else. I learn about the stomach and that's it. And, and like you said, there's nobody talking about lymph. I mean, we're, we're changing that conversation. We really pray that on- um... Yeah, if you have auto, if you're listening and you have any autoimmune condition and you are not talking about lymph, then I don't know how you're gonna get out of it. Exactly. I mean, I really don't. I mean, if you have any chronic disease, I don't know how you're gonna get out of it because that is the most important system to get flexible above anything else. People always say the digestive tract and I'll give that a second. Um, I'll give that a second. <clears throat> as far as the environment and microbiomes and whatever other fancy words people start to use, but these are all environments. Like the digestive tract is just an environment. And people say, well, 70% of the immune system's there. Yeah, because it has the environment to be in there, but it's not the biggest environment in your body. You know, your connective tissue with the lymphatics, that's the biggest environment. So if you were gonna be lazy, you would probably focus on the thing that's the majority, and then you could work your way down. So I've become very lazy in my last 10 years in this world, and I don't have a license to inject. I don't have a license to do any of that, but I do have a license to touch the body. And when I started doing CRT, contact regulation thermography, which I know you employ as well, it just became so obvious that everybody's problem was lymphatic, you know, 15 right. years ago when I started learning this. So I started to really delve into that world and I don't know how I became the lymph specialist in all honesty, but it's because not a lot of people are doing it. And I would say yeah. our two clinics are two of the only in this country that are really focusing on the lymph. And it's why we've always created an, an alignment and association, because I know that if you're helping somebody's lymph and you know the same, like all the other stuff that we're doing is going to go better. They're going to need less supplements. They're going to need less care. And they're going to learn how their own body works, which isn't that at the end of the day, what our both goal is. And so they're less dependent upon us and more dependent upon their own healing. And that's, I mean, if you can move that and it is a professions of exclusion because nobody wants to do it because right. um, they don't understand it. Don't know that. You know, it's weird because we spend so much time on massage and skeletal muscle and skeleton. And it's like, wow, you just went like right over the top of this thing. Yeah. <clears throat> Which is a weird thing. And I mean, it's a little bit of a labor of love because people don't, it's sometimes you like the medicine, we want instant gratification. And sometimes people get sick after that. And it's like, okay. And as you said, I mean, we've done enough diagnostic studies to say like the norm is to have that system completely backed up. 
Yeah. Enormous to have like a completely inflamed and irritated lymphatic system. And if you don't move that stuff along, um, it's really hard for cells to make new cells in better environments when the generalized environment is toxic and chaotic. So I think people start to figure it out a little bit now because they're like intermittent fasting. Like I hear some of these words and it's like, well, I don't even think you know what you're doing, but you're kind of moving towards that, right? You're trying to put not a lot in to get more of people say cleansing and detoxification. And it's like, I don't think you know what you're talking about, but at least you're trying to, yeah. Decrease drainage word. Right. Decrease intake, increase output. And I'm like, all right. Like after, I, I can guarantee that'll clean the bathtub up a little bit more. Um, but to do the lymphatic work like you have, you need people, you need clinics, you need technology. Like it's not like kind of a self-manipulation thing when it gets that bad. You need to have a mechanic go in there and change the oil once in a while. Right. And then the car drives like pretty well. Like as long as you, you keep doing that, you'd be surprised what you can do, how many miles you can put on that car we just spend the time doing the maintenance, but if you never change the oil, it's a doom. Like there's just, there's systems in play in all mechanics and it doesn't matter how good the engine and how good the gas you put in, if you don't change that oil sooner or later, you're, it's going to become a problem. And I feel like that's the way with the human body. We don't have a big way to change the lymphatics. We only have a way to manipulate and move the lymphatics and, a lot of things we do in the mouth and a lot of things we do to the body, I mean, a lot of things we psychologically do. I mean, we basically paralyze some of these reflexive pumps that are supposed to move and they're supposed to go and we get concussions and braces and everything else that ends up happening. And we kind of disturb a little bit of that flow and we have nobody to tell us that we've disturbed it. And then we have nobody to reinvigorate it, to actually get it and push it back downhill to start it again. And um, I think that that will probably be the curse of the industrial revolution to be like, besides making things harder to process, we've actually decreased the ability to process. Right. Put those two things in there. Um, one in two of us are getting chronic disease. <laughs> it's just like, that sounds about right. You right, know, exactly. I think, that, I think that's probably sounds about right. Ian is writing a book right now. I'll have to send it to you because you, oh, please do. you just spoke about the book like incessantly. <laughs> and I guess I've taken on as the labor of love to get the message out there about the lymphatic so that we can then honestly change the conversation, the regulation, but at least begin to start to talk about the lymphatics. And you and I've used many different pieces of equipment throughout the year. So I'm just going to right now plug real quick the Flow Prezzo because I know you've yeah. used the Flow Prezzo. And for me, the technology that we were using before was good for the lymph but there was something still it was missing. And I find the flow Prezzo putting that person into that deep state of relaxation has helped tremendously with that lymphatic flow, not to mention the technology, but what are your feelings and thoughts about flow Prezzo? Well, I mean, I know the creator really well and we've worked together for a long period of time. So I know the technology that goes into it and, and a lot of lymphatic, you know, it's it, lymphatics don't work when nervous systems are agitated. Like they just, they're, they're a passive system. It's, they're not active tissue. You know, you have to have your nervous system in a place where two things happen simultaneously. The person, the autonomic nervous system has to be relaxed. And then you have to gently 
we'll say use compression to move lymphatics. And if both of those situations aren't happening, then it's just push pull out mechanism. So flow pressos, the only system that, and people feel relaxed after they do lymphatics, but it's like, we're not talking about massage. We're talking about doing the mechanics, right? Like I need to move, which means I need to get your body to relax, which is what the flow presser does. And then I need to have the mechanical um, action of actually moving the limbs. So there's not going to be another system that does that. People are, people, there's other compression boots and I won't say their names. Um, and they, they kind of, but it's like, that's not where the lymphatics live. And there might be okay for performance, right? Recovery, but that's not lymphatics. Lymphatics live in the central uh, core of your body. You're going to need to access those. They're deep. deep. They, we have some superficial, but it's deep all around this core area where your liver, your spleen, they, your solar plexus live. And they drain under your collarbone. Like you're going to need to, like you need this, you have to knead the dough up. Yeah. Like moving it out of your legs moves lactic acid and I think you feel okay, but you're pushing it to return it, which again, is there some effect to that? Sure, but if you're really gonna do lymphatic work, then, then you gotta do it. There's a much difference between recovery and chronic disease and being able to maneuver that stuff. So I'd say flow press was the only system that I know or that I would endorse because I can do it and I can actually do the metrics after and say, yeah, good enough, right? The, the data supports the clinical evidence. The data supports the clinical evidence. And, and it's, it's like I said, it's that symphony and making that orchestra kind of sing a little bit without having to activate many systems in the body. Because when it's passive, there's certain organ systems that will move when they're passive. There's certain organ systems that need you to activate them to move. And usually the environment and the seasons and the times of day will give these guys each a look at it. So they'll be able to do their own thing. And, and there's just too much chaos and nervous systems in life for those organ systems to have the ability to actually put their hand up and get any kind of answers. So I'm just glad that there's technology like that available that they can put the body in an artificial state or not. I don't really care, but they put it in a position to actually do what it is designed to do. And that is true bioregulation. Well, I think the entire listening audience is going, well, I can understand why Dr. Drobot raises more questions than he answers. Every time I talk Terrible to Terrible interviews, right? No, great <laughs> interviews, the exact opposite. I mean, you have approached so many subjects today and, and I hope that people continue to find you on Instagram at Dr. Drobot, D-R-D-R-O-B-O-T because there's so much, you can give out so much information in 30 seconds that it, because, and I love the fact that people are still starting to understand there's no script here. These are good friends of mine, colleagues of mine that I've known for years. And I'm like, let's have the conversation that we have on the phone nights and weekends and stuff in front of people to get them to realize how their body works. And, and you have brought such light to bioregulatory medicine and to a truly indiv individualized approach. And it's why you're a world leader in this industry, Dr. Droba. And truly from my heart and, to all, and from all of their hearts, thank you for sharing your time with us today and, and your expertise. And I'm sure you're going to get a lot of emails and texts. And so people that want to find you, they can find you in Rhode Island at the Biomed Center. They can find you in Scottsdale, Arizona, or they can find you traveling somewhere thereabouts. And they can- Hard to find. Hard to find. That's <laughs> hard to find and get to. I've only been asking for this interview for three months, but I'm hard really- <laughs> That you uh, made the time. Thank you so much. And 
everybody in the beach, share this with your friends, get them to understand autoimmune and nervous system disorders are his jam. That's his job. That's what he loves. And so there are no hard cases that he will not take on. You heard it here. <laughs> I've been hearing it for years. Okay. Right. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye.